You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Be nice and pass it along. Let the world hear the song you sing with your smile. Oh, be nice. Be kind. Welcome back, everyone. After what sometimes seemed like day number 168 of our quarantine time, we here in Florida have begun lifting restrictions. And I have to be honest, I am so excited about that. I was able to get out and surf a bit today. Plus, I had the opportunity to interview an amazing guy. He is the man behind Impact Resources. And after listening to his insightful interview and all the ways that he wants to help others, be sure to follow his journey on social media and get involved to make your own impact too. And by the way, if you'd like to get immediate notifications and an alert as soon as a new Whatsoever 168 podcast episode is uploaded, be sure to subscribe to my podcast right now, please. You can also follow me on Facebook and on Instagram and on the web, and be sure to be on the lookout for our new Whatsoever 168 podcast t-shirts and how you can win one, and that's coming soon. But more importantly, our guest, the man behind Impact Resources. He is a man on fire for God and who is quick to help others. He is a husband, a father, a friend to everyone, a really, really, really tall guy. See the pictures I uploaded. You're going to crack up. And just an all-around good and fun person to know. I share with you my friend, Aaron Myler. I am sitting here in the middle of a Toys R Us paradise, surrounded by bouncy little chairs, big plastic castles, and all these amazing toys with my buddy A.A. Ron. Aaron Myler. How you doing, Aaron? I'm fine. <laughs> He's over here being a smart out. Well, I have Aaron here today, and I'm super excited, and you're going to get to learn all about Aaron and the backstory about how God crossed our paths. But before I get started, and before we jump into your whatsoever project, I wanted to share a little something with you, especially in these times right now. Aaron's eyes are huge because he's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what Jen's gonna do. And now he's looking at me like a little smart aleck. But anyhow, I was looking around in social media and I came across this, especially with this time right now, with the quarantining and now the quarantine is being lifted. And I came across this, do you know who C.S. Lewis is? Do I know C.S. Lewis is? Wow, you can cut that. No, we're keeping that. He knows who C.S. Lewis is. So I wanted to share this with you. It says, if we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes... Oh, I reposted this on Facebook. Yes. I reposted this. I might have. So it says, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint Mm -hmm. and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. And that is from C.S. Lewis on living in an atomic age. And so how timely that we're gathering in these times with C.S. Lewis speaking so clearly and the first thing he says to do is pray Mm. and i thought perfect guest that i have a guy i know who he lives his life as a prayer there's a a prayer that we used to pray at the very end it would say may my life be a prayer of praise a song of hope so joyful that it leads others to be renewed in you Mm. when i think of you and i say a.a ron because uh, he'll get to that later i think of somebody whose life is a prayer and so before we dive in and everybody gets to know you, I just really want to jump in and have you share a little bit about your whatsoever project and maybe the backstory about how you got into your whatsoever project. All right. I started my journey in my family apostolate. My parents were the leaders in that regard. They took us to different service, to do different ministries, to visit the elderly with communion. I would read the first reading took us to soup kitchens, Christmas day, my mom took us to feed the hungry. And that's probably the foundation for who I am in terms of my temperament caring for others. Now, I met a homeless man outside the university I attended, and I started one of my main projects, which is creating care packages and trying to inspire others to do that simple little, I guess you could call it a solution to the problem of homeless hunger hunger for more than just food, but need to be seen, understood, listened to, and uh, would 
start getting to know some people living on the street mm-hmm. and encounter them, listen to them, get to know what their in and out order was. Mm-hmm. No salt on the burger for Chester. He was always outside in and out. Um, oh, I love in and out burger. Oh it's goodness. amazing. It's yes. one of the hardest things to leave behind in California. Yeah. But uh, that's one of my main projects. And then uh, performing coffee house and cooking shows for the elderly. But I would say my main whatsoever project is to mentor young people, to use media to creatively inspire uh, young people to serve in their home or community and be a light shining the glory and goodness of God. To give them, you know, something to live for more than the virtual accomplishments that they find on social media or in video games or through the lives of athletes or celebrities that they're following very closely. So that's my main whatsoever project. So kind of like what C.S. Lewis was saying about not being huddled doing really what you're wanting to do, but getting outside of yourself and not just looking, but seeing. So does your ministry have a name? Yes, Impact Resources. The university's little slogan, Impact Culture for Christ. Mm-hmm. I have so many signs. Every partner that I found for funding priority that I can apply for grants to, that I can partner with for a platform to assist my you know, connecting with young people, word impact is in every single one of them maximize your impact for mission impact for you know to make an impact even the hosting service i have on wordpress bluehost the ads have been coming on lately where it says don't just make a website make an impact it's like a five second ad they just keep coming up and we are a 501c3 as of four or five years ago 2016 so four years ago that's not too important because i'm not asking for money um, just trying to create enough content and value that things work out in that way. So impact. So you're getting into this, but there's a, a backstory to impact and really the big launch this past week, right? And so you used to be a youth minister and right. then something changed. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, when I applied to be the youth minister, I initially applied to be the math teacher at Our Lady of Lords. And their youth minister was on his way out, but that was just developing. The pastor looked at my resume and recommended I apply to be youth minister instead. And this was at a point where I hadn't really put this all together for impact resources, and I needed a job in the interim. We just found out we were pregnant with twins, and I was on a real downer. I couldn't find a way to really put the systems together to create content, to create mentorship opportunities for young people to speak at schools. And uh, I needed more time and we needed more money right away. But I say it comes more out of 10 years of volunteering with youth ministry. I've taught religious ed to multiple grades, third, fifth, middle school, many different churches. And wherever I've been, that was the hunger I had to serve the young people, to find a church when the school campus moved I just hopped into the church near there. Uh, I like to go for walks. You know, I walked 20 minutes to the school and when there was a code to get into the school and there's a chapel in the school, I'd often be the only one there from, you know, I don't know, one in the morning till three in the morning. And when you're in university, as long as you're at your classes, I avoided the 8 a.m. classes like the plague. Yeah. So. I want to go back real fast. You said that you were a 501 3C. But you followed that with the fact that you said that that's not important. And then you said, because we're not asking for money. So impact essentially is going to go out. The goal is obviously to have an impact, not to use that word so much, but you want to have an impact. But then you also want to equip other people so they can have an impact, correct? Right. I would say that young people and all of us care about people. We feel like, yeah, I'm the type of person that would help somebody if they were in need and came asking me. If it was, you know, tit for tat, if it was there being cool and it wasn't, you know, pressure. But we don't know where to start. I was just thinking about how I look at my projects for impact and I have all these strategies and I know exactly how it's going to go. And I'm so excited, but then I get into it and there's a lot more detail logistics once I actually get into the work of it. So I want to start with care packages and I have these undercover glasses. Although I'm not really big about getting shots undercover, what I would do is I would talk to the person I was given the care package to and ask if they wanted to share their story. I get the question, who are you with a lot? And so it's a very easy transition. You know, I get out of the park, I get out of the car, I say, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? 
Um, Making it personal. Make it personal. Yeah. And I have the care package, so it's not like I'm evangelizing them without investing into the person or, uh, you know, um, you to trust thing when I can give them something and I prepared it and I put time into it and effort and I've spent money. And that's the thing is when they see you coming, you know, I can imagine being as much as I'm able to being that person who sees somebody coming. Why is this guy getting out of his right. car? You know, because I know some people are nasty. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen it. People throw money. Uh, people yell at these people. Here you are stopping your car, getting out of your car, and you're coming with this package and leveling that playing field, if you will. You know what I mean? You're dropping that person's guard. And still, I want to be of value to that person. Like, I don't assume that they want to have me come into their life. I don't have this hero complex. I usually say something like, I know this isn't much. Can I give you this? I'm receiving a lot out of this uh, exchange as well, maybe more. But I want to step back and really remind us all that this person might have been praying for a miracle. And maybe if someone gave him a $50 bill, okay, it's monetary. And But we're family, right? We're brother and sister. We share the disadvantage of a sinful nature. And um, when I recognize that that binds us together more than the differences separate, yeah. you know, kind of our class or whatever. I view myself as less than that person because, for example, Arthur down in downtown Melbourne, he, he makes cards every day and sells them. He sits on the same bench. And I talked to him for a while uh, when I was bringing pizza every Monday, and I'm going to start bringing pizza this coming Monday in a few days or the week after. Mozzarella Monday on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then I'm going to bring care packages every day and upload them probably the following day to Instagram, Twitter, and really try to engage people. And if you're looking for some valuable insight to build the social media, if you have a really good page and you just try to tell people to look at it and people are not usually happy to be told what to do or pressured into something and they don't know why they're being told to do it. But if you can really genuinely create discussions, ask intriguing questions, compliment people on something you just find fascinating about them. And this works on social media too. You can search hashtags and you can spend 10 hours just commenting, retweeting, posting intriguing conversational questions and connecting people together in your field of interest and really learning. Mm -hmm. And that process will almost organically lead to you having more of a network and people wanting to see what you're doing. If you have a good page for them to look back and see, this person's on all of these different forums. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, it's there's no shortcut to that. But that's some of the work that I'll be doing to try to share the modeling of service, the real life humanization of the homeless. And then when people see, like the phraseology even, sometimes people just don't know what to say. Yeah. Like, do, do I have to act like I'm being there like, here, take this, buy yourself something, don't spend it all in one place. Or even the, the idea in the first place, some of us just have never, never crossed our mind to do a care package. Right. Money or not money. It's funny that you said about the phraseology because when I had my daughter Riley with Down syndrome, you know, some days she looked like she had Down syndrome more than other days. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And it, and my, my friends who have children with Down syndrome can relate. And so from time to time, people would walk by us and they'd stare. And you knew they had questions, but they didn't know what to say. And I joked with my buddy that I was going to make a shirt that said, yes, she has Down syndrome. You can ask me any questions because it's all in education. And so that's the key with impact is educating others so that they can go out and they can make their own impact. Well, first, I would just say it's breaking down barriers and it allows intimacy okay. to happen because, you know, our young people spend so much time on screens that they don't probably have the same skill with interaction with people and, and friendship and statistics bear this out. How many close friends on average a high school kid has is, one, I think it's one and it used to be four or five, like close friends, like right. really close trust uh, relationships and it's knowing how to listen tell me more about that instead of jumping in with my story and what I wanted to say about impact so people get a full understanding is I'm going to use service content to draw people into a platform of media and discussion elements social media with my own family and also some 
more highly produced shows hopefully in the future i would like to you're going to ask me about my long-term goals uh, later. eventually i've yeah. watched your show i know it's coming <laughs> so i'll wait till that point no 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 so i want to go back though to the money part because i know that this is i know this podcast is going to inspire people i know that people are going to look up and we're going to get to that later the ways that they can reach out to you mm-hmm. and i know that they'll be inspired because the reason people are listening is they want ideas on how to move but I think some people might be hesitant because of the money aspect and you hit upon that when you talked about your 5013C and you said, but not, money's not an issue. I'm not hitting you up for money. Right. So how will you fund this? How are you encouraging or will you encourage other people to fund their projects and their little ministries? That'll be offshoots essentially of impacts. Right. So that's something I hope to offer to people is through different grants that I'll apply for to be able to offer little mini grants along with accountability, daily reminders, mentorship. If a youth group in New York or in California wants to start doing an outreach to a retirement facility, to the residents there, then I can make the calls, uh, send them the paperwork. They can sign up through a platform called VOMO, Volunteer Movement, VOMO.org, which will build a resume for the volunteers. It will auto-donate money to me for hours they've worked, very small amount or they can get a gift card. It's an amazing partner that really makes it drag and drop user friendly on both ends. And there are some major funders that have the main priority, recaptivate the young generation that is unaffiliated with religion. So using service as Bishop Barron, who is on YouTube, he was assigned the task of doing similar work re-engaging young adults, talking about movies, doing reviews, amazing intellectual who brings the discussion down to the culture and draws people in. He said in his address to all of the bishops in uh, the USCCB, you know these young people, something that really still appeals to them is service. It's what they find most attractive about the Catholic faith. So why don't we start with that? That's what can bring them into the deeper fullness and beauty and truths of our Catholic faith. You know, we like the idea that the church is, you know, providing food and shelter and education to the poorest of the poor in countries around the world and in our own country. In soup kitchens, Catholic charities is helping people with housing. That's beautiful work that outpaces any government program. The church is doing it. They're at the forefront. When there's a natural disaster, Catholic Relief Services, you know, the Red Cross, they're there they're right away. Johnny on the spot, exactly. And so that's what you want to do. You want to help other people and equip other people. So when they say, oh, I have this great idea, but I can't launch it, you have you have within your grasp the power to assist them to do that. Am I understanding that correctly? That's a big part of it. I don't want to be too complicated, but there's so many pre-planned ways to capitalize on technology and this community and this platform. Gotcha. What we can do is link social media and video and go around with our team and tell the story so we can get into the logistics how much money did it cost for the donuts for the coffee house you know what youth groups came together to pitch in different parts of what goes into the care packages what impact paid for all the church youth group had to do is write the notes to make it personal and they picked the snacks that they thought would be nice mm-hmm. if they were in that situation. What would they would they want to get the nutty bar? Would they want to get the the Nature Valley bar, uh, extra water, and whatever could fit? And then they would do their own little note. Mm-hmm. And so, if, you know, a youth group in the Brevard area would like to do that project as uh, something I've done many times, a 15 minute presentation about why we're doing this, and then we put them together and. Sometimes so parents take them. Sometimes I give them all out. So essentially, they could reach out to you and they have an idea and you can help them run with it or you have if you will and i say this respectfully mm-hmm. pre-packaged ideas mm-hmm. and they can use your pre-packaged ideas and you can guide them through that as well correct am i yeah, understanding that correctly why i'm really grateful to have this opportunity is i'm going to discover a lot of ideas right and then i'm going to model them with a team of people and we're going to use different social medias hopefully uh, by next year we'll have more people working with me 
and we can do more things. I'm so excited because the whole purpose of Whatsoever 168 is really to help people generate ideas and then help them grow in the knowledge of, all right, well, what do I need to do to implement that if that's an idea I want to follow and then go out, like you said. It's all about service. At the end of the day, Matthew 25, it is about feeding and it's not necessarily the literal literal feeding, like you said, but first you have to meet them where they are, mm-hmm. like you said, that's so important. And then from there, and you begin to, like you said, break down those barriers and build those bridges so that then they're open even with our youth, not just our homeless or the people who are food insecure or need clothing, but all of us need that intimacy of friendship and relationship. Look, there's huge numbers of hungry people in the world and we can look at the numbers and there are a lot of people that do look at the numbers and when they look at the numbers of all the needs in the world, there's this many people that are hungry, this many people don't have what they need to survive. It's really hard to internalize that. I don't think we're built to really take on the concerns of the world. We need to stay in, in our circle of influence and just go, as you right. say, generate, grow, and go. But this, the power in that story of one person, what I really hope is that people of means that haven't moved to give, and successful people, it's a bit of a catch-22, and I love hardworking, successful people, and I don't think that we have the right to take their money and give it to someone else. But when we work hard, we tend to associate our success with our own hard work. And I've studied, and I'm not an expert at all, but temperament is in many ways genetic and immutable, and if we're hardworking and there are people who are not hardworking, it's a bit of a mystery how that all plays out. Uh, there are different factors to nurture and growing up and we want to inspire each other to be better and we want to really strive and work hard but i guess what i'm saying is that when we can serve people and tell that story and show all of the ins and outs it can bring about conversion so it's not just about young people being inspired to act this mission is also about matchmaking givers to big needs like there's potential for for reaching across the country and and you never know what well, like one you, person is listening. Exactly. And you, like you just said, somebody who has a lot of money, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. Um, right. But I, I agree with you. I always said, you know, sticking your hand in somebody's pocket is not going to change the world. Right. If you change that guy's heart, he will open his pocket and he'll give you more than you're going to take. But it's changing that guy's heart. And so not only do you then, like what you're saying with impact, is not only are you then helping the people who are in need but you're actually helping the people who are in a position mm-hmm. because then their hearts are changed. And yep. so it just becomes this big, like you said, ripple effect, snowball effect, and it, it's awesome. It's exciting. And I'm, I am so excited to have met you that our paths have crossed at this time. It's funny, when we met, I was reaching out trying to get the word out with Whatsoever 168, and I actually sent an email to your supervisor. The DRE. The DRE. Yeah. And within a day, I'm getting a phone call from Aaron, and uh, it's been interesting how God has united us and crossed our paths. And I, I kind of, so many times, even though we don't know each other really well, there's so many ways I'm like, wow, he is a younger, male, much taller version of good me. Good looking. Yeah, good, and better looking, yes, better looking. Yes, he's smiling Can't over there. I, said that. I was debating no, whether so to funny. say worse looking or better looking. You, that's so, you know I what, that's you. I love it, I love your personality, you're so with. fun. So let's go on. What is motivating you? I don't want to so much know about the backstory just yet. Sure. Why? That's why do you feel this powerful need to start impact? <laughs> yeah. And I, I know you've started it. Excuse me for interrupting. I know you started it. Right. But there's a drive in you. I see it. Yeah. It's even different than when I met you back in October. Mm-hmm. It's different. Well, after getting let go from the church that I worked at, it was only last Monday, about 10 days ago. You were talking about a factory reset in episode 19, and I got a, a lot done when I jumped back in, and I got re-inspired and reactivated. And for the last few months, I've been preparing for this as a possibility, and I'm driven by God asking me to do this. God's been calling me to do this. Ten years ago, we had a very similar experience. I knew that I was called to evangelize the culture and it was something I journaled down in the Adoration Chapel and I've had people come up to me and make a prophecy and sometimes it was a little weird, (laughs) okay, just to be quite frank with you. 
a lady slapped a bunch of oil on my head. Oh my. Came out and I was like, what is going on? But it was great weird. Like yeah. it was like, this is amazing. Like I get to laugh about this with my friends later. Um, what's driving me? You know, we had this class assignment for public relations. Lori Deason, professor of media. Shout out, Lori. Shout out. Hope Only class I ever had with her, and I uh, don't think my grade was too good. But we still like you, Lori. Yeah. We're not bitter. No. <laughs> I don't. I never met somebody I didn't like, Jen. Yeah. And Jen, you are at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, we had to discover, we had to look inward. We had to write down answers to some difficult questions. And one of them was, what is your big yes? And, and then the counterpart, what is your big no? What are the things that really make you come alive? And what are the things that really make you feel defeated? And it's funny I said the word defeated because that's my big no. And my big yes is victory. My favorite name is my wife's middle name, Nicole, which means victory. And it doesn't represent like winning in a game. I am very competitive to my best, but if I lose, it's okay. But victory in the ultimate sense. So. I know this is a long way of unpacking the question that you've asked me, but for people to understand how some people can just be, well, I don't even want to get, get into that too much, but I'm the type that I can live far from my family and I'm okay. I can be with my family. I'm the happiest person in the world because I just love them. I spend time with them. We watch movies. We cuddle, you know, we go back and forth with little teasing jabs here and there and it's all fun. But if I'm living in California, I don't really miss whatever community I've left behind. And I'd say the reason for that is that we're all here to get to heaven and it's all about that. It doesn't matter who we're with when we're here if we get to spend all of eternity together. So this limited period of time, I know that if I can create a project that draws young people back to relationship with God and that builds their philosophical foundation for human dignity, for how to be happy, holy, healthy and build those elements into the media content and, and package in a way that's engaging and daily that more people will make it to heaven. And that's the goal. Bring them to heaven, kicking and screaming. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're smiling, but yes. Okay. That is a beautiful answer. I'm sitting here staring at you just going, wow, where were the people like you when I was growing up? Because they they weren't on fire like you are. And I had some other questions, but I want to ask you, what lit that fire? I know you talked about your mom and being in college, working on the Corporal Works of Mercy and your mother talking about feeding the hungry. Obviously something lit that fire and something stoking that fire. And I'm sure you have your down days too. We all do. We all go, Lord, why, you know, why, why me? Why here? Why now? But you're pretty happy go lucky on fire person. It's so evident. Okay. So I wish I could share a one-time, powerful, life-changing uh, Saul is knocked off his horse moment. And I mean, there were times, you know, when I was in middle school, I always had this heart for doing the right thing. I, uh, I would read, you know, even the battle scenes of the Old Testament because I, I liked historical action story. And I think I just wanted to be a warrior for God, you know, like Joshua or have a heart like David. That line has never left my mind, that David had a heart after God's own heart. But um, I would say there are three conversion events in my life that kind of built on each other. The first being eighth grade confirmation retreat. I saw this young guy who I'd never seen really invested into his faith at all. Eighth grade young fella, Nate. And when I looked over the church rather at our retreat, I saw that he was kind of singing the hymn but he wasn't like singing it loud and you could look into his eyes even from the other side of the room and you could tell that he really was moved uh, to conversion and so i kind of realized this universal desire for god that we're restless for him that we desire a relationship with him and if that young man can be touched and moved and i'd never seen it for the eight years i'd been going to school with him so there was that history and he was kind of a cool kid and he was singing. That young guy can be moved. Then I knew to look deeper. Then when we moved from Michigan to Florida, I'm an athlete uh, in my background. I've played many sports and I really had this ambition as, as a team to win something big. 
we were going to be favorites to potentially win. I could have had uh, opportunities before we moved. See, we left those teams behind to do something that I that would have been a fulfillment of a dream, really. I mean, it would have been an amazing adventure. It would have been a wild ride of glory at a private Catholic school where everybody went to the games, you know? And then leaving it all behind, I had to really dig down deep into my identity of who I am, what makes me happy, and what do I really want to be known for? Is it what I can do or is it who I am? And when I went to public school after that, I kind of hit the ground running in school, but in my private life, I didn't feel comfortable with what could happen if I hung out with, these are good people. I love the people at my school, but I had gone to Catholic school my whole life, and my parents, I just listened to them. They said, stay away from pornography, stay away from drugs, don't do these things. And so I went to the youth group four or five times a week, either at their house or youth council, Bible study, I helped out at EDGE, I taught fifth grade, and I was in high school. Uh, sometimes I helped with confirmation every once in a while. The third event was at Life Team Leadership, the last Life Team Leadership Conference that was held at Notre Dame University, and now it's at Benedictine in Kansas. And there was a talk by Steve Algeyer. He gave like the kick your butt talk about giving your life and giving your all. And then we had adoration with Matt Marr, Audrey Asad, Ike Ndolo, and wow. I just stood up and I, w I just, you know, immature as I was at the time, said, Lord, whatever you want, I don't care. To whatever extent you're calling me, I'm going to do whatever you ask of me. And that's a promise that has to be remade. Right. So, <laughs> again, immature at the time. But it was a powerful moment. And it led me on the journey to the university, to my wife, the kids that I have. And it was soon after that that we... Uh, hit that story that we told on my show, which was waking up and going to mass and meeting the radio station founder, which confirmed, confirmed where I was to attend school. So I told him, whatever you want, and when you do that, you better be ready. Tie your shoes and get ready to go. And usually, if you do make that commitment, it's a response, because the Holy Spirit calls me first. I don't invoke the Holy Spirit and say, all right, Lord, I'm ready. He's always calling me. You ever talked to Nate? No, I've never. Oh my gosh, what a story. Well, what I want to do, we've gotten a little serious. I want to bring it back a little bit. Okay. Bring it to our level. You and I like to joke around a lot. So I have a little thing called Rapid Round. You said you've been listening, so you are familiar with Rapid Round, right? I am. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You are not on the timer, but we call it Rapid Round. But just to let our guests know a little bit about you, a little bit about the person behind this ministry. He's shaking his hands, he's stretching, he's getting ready, guys. Yes. And so here we go, you just have to answer them. Don't think about it too much, and are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Drum roll. All right, here we go, what's your favorite color? Orange. Orange, Burnt. wow. Burnt orange. orange, oh my goodness, he's specific. Favorite number? 333. <laughs> favorite food? Pizza. Pizza, anything on it? Light cheese. From Domino's. Wow, Mozzarella Monday, coming yep. soon. Okay, favorite movie? Frozen 2 right now, Three Kids. But I believe there are powerful archetypes in that story that we all can relate to. Do the next right thing. You're the person you've been waiting for. And there's one more, but I don't remember what it was. What is your dream vacation? It was my honeymoon. Honeymoon, where was that? Disney cruise in the Caribbean. And it was uh, great. My wife picked it out and she loved it. And my dad paid for it. Favorite country, ooh, even better. Favorite, so what countries did you see? Well, now that I think about it, our school trip to Europe was pretty great too. But we went to Cozumel and we, we hung out with some dolphins. We went to the Grand Cayman and held the stingray and fed it. It's like nice. a little vacuum mouth. It sucks yeah. it up like a vacuum. Crazy. It's really neat. And we went to the, the uh, Castaway Key at Disney Island. Nice. And Jamaica. And Dad paid for that? Dad paid Ooh, for it. Oh, we love you too, Dad. We love you too, Mom. We love you, love you both. Love you both. And then mom. where'd you go in Europe? We went to Ireland for a week, Rome for a week, and in the middle, we hit up Paris for three days. Wow, what'd you like the best? That's tough. Uh, we got kicked out of the Sistine Chapel for taking pictures. Okay. No video, no photo, no, uh, no, no, no. No video, no photo, they just kept saying it, so I just thought they were kidding. When I looked at my camera roll, the guard was in it. And oh, so no. I, I realized, <laughs> yeah, he caught me. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I'll have to tell you about the time we got kicked out when I was at NCYC, but that's for another another uh, episode. All right, let's go back. Favorite church that you visited? That I visited? I like the St. Augustine Basilica. 
the bishop, well, there was a little church there close to there too that the bishop said a mass for, for the Florida martyrs. La Leche? Yeah, La Leche. Yeah, because it was, we were pregnant with yeah. Mateo, and so it was oh, a new experience. How awesome is that? We're going to get to your family but, in just a um, Notre Dame and, and for Paris as well. Hopefully they're doing, they're, they're doing good work, and it gets back to where it used to be. Favorite book, not the Bible. Well, the first one that comes to my head is the Inheritance Trilogy by Christopher Paolini. All right, favorite scripture verse. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I liked Isaiah 41.10. I, the Lord, your God, am with you. I will hold you with my right hand. Psalm 91, Psalm 23. Uh, then um, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires he places in He doesn't in your understand heart. favorite. Favorite means favorite. But okay, Matthew, that's good. He's got a button. Matthew 25. Chapter 10, verse 8. Matthew 25 is the cornerstone verse of Impact Resources. Of course, of course. From right. my senior project. So Let's go back. Favorite saint? Saint Francis is cool. Saint Philomena is great. Pope Saint John Paul II. Okay. And Saint Teresa of Calcutta. We'll go with those two. Okay. All right. And the best advice you've ever been given or a quote that stands out? Uh, best advice I've ever been given? How about, let's shout out to Father Blake Britton. Before he was a priest, he was seminarian and he was telling our high school group at Camp Covecrest how important it was to fall deeply in love with Jesus Christ. And I think it was the person saying it that was the advice because it was really his his life was saying that, you know? He's so passionate. So that was resonating to, with me at the time. And how old were you at the time? It's probably 16 or 17. Okay. Shout out to Father Blake. I know we've had him now for two years. And I feel a little guilty because I've not talked with him that much. But can I just tell a Father sure, Blake story? Sure. My roommate uh, at university, at the end of my college experience, his name is Joe Roberts, and he's working with me on some of the aspects of impact as well, creating some of the write-ups and materials to help young people and helping me with the business plan over the years. He and I were chatting at the pool at the apartment, which is the, the dorm, so to speak, and I tell the story about this guy named Blake Britton at World Youth Day in Europe, and all the Holy Name people, or I forget, I think it was Holy Name he was with, they were pointing out, by the way, they're all stuck in the rain, they can't get any shelter, and they can't get into anything. It's like, we just have to find a way to get through the weather. And there's Blake up there talking to a cardinal up like three stories high. <laughs> How did he get there? And, and I don't know if that's a true story, if it was a cardinal or a bishop. But anyway, I'm telling that story, and my roommate, Joe Roberts, says, and I'm just saying, everybody knows Blake, you know, that's the joke, and I'm telling Joe, like, it's the first time he's heard of this guy. He says, you know Blake Britton? What? <laughs> like, how do you know it? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm from Florida. How do you know him? He's like, oh, I was at uh, the, the JP2 Institute in D.C. And he, he comes and he visits a few times. And he knew you know, my roommates, his friends or whatever. And then, lo and behold, actually, a few years back at the Lay Leaders Conference, where all of the bishops and cardinals come, and there's probably 200 bishops at this thing. The nuncio from the Pope, right? And of course, transitional deacon of the diocese chants the gospel at the two masses. And there's Blake Britton, Deacon Blake at but the time. But he's so jovial, and then it doesn't hurt that he can sing. Right. Uh, and not that our other beloved Father Ivan can't sing, but you know, he was classically trained. And it's like, all right, I'm going to sit over here, my sort of toward the front row, and not be quite so loud because you're so good and, and I'm so not. So I know we are so happy to have him at St. Mary's. I know we have him, I think, for one more year, and my girls are really excited. So how awesome that your quote comes from somebody that you knew before he was a priest. Mm. So very exciting. So yes, yep. Father Blake, he has a lot of doozies, but he says that a lot about falling in love with Christ and, and making that, it has to be personal, right? Which is exactly what speaks to you with impact is making everything personal. And that's what I wanted to talk about next because I know that your goal is to inspire others and it's not about you. Just like I've said all along about mm -hmm. whatsoever 168, it's not about Jen Renault. Right. It's really about you guys and what you're doing so that we can inspire others to get up and move. And that's your goal too. We want people to get up and get moving. And so what qualities or gifts do you think that if somebody's sitting at home going, well, what is it that I need to have or what is it that I need to have, uh, that I need to possess to be able to get up and make an impact? So what gifts or talents would you say that people need to have? Well, I would say that changing routine and behavior is um, very challenging. 
And even when we learn theoretically something, the curve of behavior follows a lot slower behind. So if I know that the only way to make friends is to be kind, doesn't mean I'm gonna find it easy to be kind, right? To be nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, what a good quality to have is being willing to experience the fruit and result of putting a new behavior that's for your benefit in practice. So to go ahead and try it out. We've heard many successful people say the most important thing is, is go out and fail and fail forward. And so, you know, I wouldn't know how to serve others if I hadn't failed miserably at it so many times. And I'm still going to fail miserably at it. And I don't know what the response to the content that I put out is going to be. I'm going to give my all. But I'm not going to go about it like a professional media person. I'm going to go and do the service. And if a good story comes out of the camera, that's great. But there have been many times where I just turned the camera off and said, I want this to be a shadow cat moment, which is from Secret Life of Walter Mitty, mm. where he doesn't take the picture and just enjoys it himself. You know, I really don't like the idea that distraction of having having the thought of a camera being on could be a distraction for me and i just know the power of it because back in, in college when i was doing the projects there were so many people that followed it and said this is amazing this is inspiring i know how to do this now and i started putting care packages together because you put that on snapchat at the time and i ditched the snapchat and i'm moving to other uh, platforms instagram facebook and twitter so you're saying that really it's the willingness to be vulnerable i mean we like what we know like we're comfortable with our behavior and it's second nature when this happens this is i do this this is how i, I always get angry think. when this person talks to me this way uh i turn away from somebody when they're being weird like that's the to our to us right that's what we are comfortable with and so looking at things from a different perspective i think the most important thing to put into practice a new behavior is take in something like impact resources content that challenges my worldview, challenges me or opens to a new perspective, if it does. You know, if you're gonna enter into another arena of life, if you're gonna move from working for someone to self-employed, you need to have somebody who's already self-employed, who's accomplished it, who had the goal that you have, who's living the life that you wanna have, and you have to ask that person how they did it. That's just true about jumping into new behaviors. It seems like it's simple. I'm gonna stop doing things this way. I'm gonna kind of try to become the new me and become a giving person rather than a self-centered person, outward focused rather than thinking about my problems and my depression. By the way, when we do look outward, it does take our mind and our eyes off of our own problems. It makes us happier and mm -hmm. we feel like we have a purpose. We help somebody with something that they couldn't have otherwise, couldn't have been resolved without me. And you know what I like? And I'm interrupt you, I'm sorry. I like that you're being real because at the end of the day you're saying, no, it's not a piece of cake. This is going to be a challenge and you have to be willing to be challenged. So somebody that says, yeah, I want to change, but then somebody who's going to put in the work. Mm -hmm. But yet be vulnerable. You're speaking back to that vulnerability because to do this, if you're not comfortable with putting yourself out there, that's awkward. Well, one of the things that I help young people with and all people, especially as I continue to network is identify your niche niche how do you say that niche your niche, niche. Your yeah niche. It's a tomato tomato <laughs> you know how people are tomato tomato potato potato potato, Wait, potato, yes. potato tomato it's from a movie niche so one thing that i can do with impact resources if one type of thing is uncomfortable it'll help someone identify their strengths if if you're extroverted introverted if you care about people or if you like being around people two different things ask a few questions and help you identify do you want to do something in your home I had a coworker who left a sticky note on my laptop and it read simply, this is a note. And I opened my laptop to work and on the screen said, and so is this. <laughs> that's awesome. And we can do very simple things with right. the people we are already close with, that we're comfortable with, to make their day, to dig our well before we're thirsty, to deepen their relationships, and especially over time, that compounds to something really amazing. I love that. On episode 19 with my buddy Courtney, she talked about how a, I think it was a principal, challenged her. We always look at where we're weak and let's fix that. And this person said, no, where are you strong? And let's capitalize on that. And that's exactly what you're saying. So how funny oh, yeah. that she was episode 19. We're going to roll right into you. Yep, definitely. It's much easier to get really good at throwing a right-handed fastball, but trying to get your left-handed throw, your offhand better is going to take a long time. 
there's many studies about this. The Clifton Strengths Finder test is is the one I love I'm this most guy. He with. is quoting statistics and books and movies and cartoons, and I'm over here like, what? What is no, he talking about? No, I'm the cartoon. About? No, it's, yeah, he is the cartoon. I don't well, watch that. Here's stuff. what I want you to do. Speaking of cartoons and stories, just share if you. Will. I know you have a bazillion. If you would share a standout story mm-hmm. in all your ministry that you go back and say, even if I get Alzheimer's. This is one I won't forget. Well, I think I'll just plug Lexi Buckner from episode, what was it, five or six? She was four. Four, okay. Aw. Hi, Lexi. When I first started Impact here, before I was a youth minister, and I was making some progress, but again, I didn't have it all figured out, she came with me and my cousin on a mozzarella Monday, and we met this guy named Gary, and I love Gary. I just love this man, and I would never have met him without this project. So this relationship, this friendship that formed out of this is beautiful. Uh, Lexi and Daniel and I were, Daniel was actually filming. It's the only time I've ever taken a camera camera. And we saw Gary and he had been drinking and we just prayed with him. We asked if we'd give him some pizza. Can I give you some pizza is never a bad thing to hear. But Lexi really took it over from there. Uh, She talked to Gary for an hour, said she'd give up drinking coffee. If you know Lexi, she loves coffee. If uh, Gary also agreed to give up drinking. And she said she'd get him a job. Not she'd try, she would get him a job. And so he gave up drinking. Wow. And I'm not that, like, get in there, fight it out, you know, convince somebody, sell them on what they should do. I, you know, try to listen and just allow the Holy Spirit to guide. But I'm a little more laid back. And she's in there. She said, no, we need to get him to do this. She's like that saint who gets in there and really follows it all the way. And so she got him a job. And before I had my job, I picked him up and took him to work and picked him up and took him back every day. And then he got another job out of that. And the roofer picks him up every day and takes him to work. And uh, we had so many adventures together. I took him to the courthouse to get his ID, just like with Greg from my show with you. I guess the point of the story was that when I went out, it's kind of like going out and finding your spouse. It's an adventure where I'm going to meet someone I've not ever known, a stranger, and we're going to make a new family. Right. So Impact, you know, there's the mission where we're setting out to inspire and use creative service ideas to galvanize young people and model for them. But... I don't know who I'm going to... This is why I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm so energized by people that are watching that I know it's not just my little action, but that a few other people will join in their little action and it'll be bigger. So that inspires me to so go other out and Lexi, do it. Other Lexi's Other Lexi up. Buckners. And I'm going to encounter other apostles who are going to help me to be holy. I'm right. actually going to become less of a, a turd and more... <laughs> And I'm going to become holier because right. because of this opportunity that's been given to me. That's a great answer. So that's kind of your long-term goals, really, when you think about it. Is- My long-term goal is to, to move millions and billions of dollars and millions of people towards God. So what's the short-term goal then? Short-term goal is give out 500 care packages to the homeless in 60 days, May and June. And not just me, but... If you let me know you've given out care packages, I'll have a running ticker. And if we don't hit 560 days, I'm going to reset it, and we're going to do it until we get it. And, I love it. And if we get it, we'll raise it to 750. This is where Aaron and I are related because I want a running ticker for mine as well, but at 168 hours where we're volunteering our time. We're giving of ourselves right. 168 hours. I'm going to keep track of every project that people share with me that they do, and I'll coach them up. And after a year or two, they want to start, and they have a, like a youth group doing it together and they want to create a social media for it, I'll link them on my website and I'll, I'll categorize it by like lo- locale, like the, wherever area they're in. Gotcha. Yeah. So just a few minutes ago, you said that you you don't want to be a turd. You want to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. I love that. I don't so think I'm like, a turd at all. I think I'm a child of God. You a are a pretty good Christ, guy. It's so funny. You know we have a new dog, Blue, and my husband has nicknamed him Turdball. And you know what? He comes to that name more. And it just makes me so mad. Way to go, honey. So you're not a turd. You're a really good guy. That sounds fun. It was that? My husband sounds like a he cool guy. He is a good guy. He's funny. You would like him. Um, You talked about all these people that you want to impact, but what are you doing to take care of you, to put that oxygen mask on you, to keep that fire stoked? Well, I'm changing my schedule. This will sound crazy to most people, but I'm going to be working on my audio, video, social media website and doing a night shift 
And I'm going to get the kids up, which Aaron and I just been trying so hard. We want to get the kids up earlier. I'm going to get them up at 6. Aaron's going to wake up around 8.30, and that's when I'm going to go to bed. And we're going to have a babysitter most days from 9 to 2 when their kids aren't napping. Just to be able to really give my all to this. But Aaron and I are also going to get four hours back because the kids are going to go to bed two and a half, three hours earlier. And we're going to, whenever the Adoration Chapel's open again, God please, next week, uh, we'll have three, this is my plan, I think, you know, I'm going to have three Adoration Hours, I'm going to do this, that'll give me the time to really be connected and filled with the Holy Spirit. When I'm dealing with infinite creative choices, I have no idea. I have no information. God knows the person over there and the person over there in their life. And I have to be able to uh, recognize the Holy Spirit calling me to this or that because it's not going to be a strategic X's and O's, black and white, this is better because of, of the math or because it'll lead to this. Really, I can't know what the right things to do are with serving. I know you say how God speaks to you often, and I don't think I included... Not often, but every now and again. Every now and again, okay. Great. It's just funny. I just, I just like that, that yeah. phrase, God speaks to me. And uh, I like to be specific and explain how so people like can get a grounded idea of what right. that means, like how I was, how God is able to communicate to anyone. Sure. Yeah, he's omnipotent. He should be able to get a message across, right? right. We don't but need. Are we listening? He's like, oh shoot! If only they had that special radar system, I'd be right. able to get through to them. Right. right. I love it. So adoration, I like that. I echo what you're saying. I cannot wait to get back to church and just sit, just sit with the Lord. And have that quiet time that yes you know we're doing mass on tv in this yeah. quarantine time and these unprecedented times but just to sit and not speak but i've to listen. always enjoyed walking and praying as well and maybe walking to my adoration hour in two weeks i think we're going to be moving closer to the chapel and probably walking distance it's borderline definitely jogging and if it's 11 p.m., it's not going to be hot, so it'll be a really nice combination for me. Jog on the way there, prepare myself. What I usually do when I get into the chapel, when I look at Erin and I look her in the eyes, if I'm distracted by something, I want to take a minute to prepare myself to see the person in front of me. When I get into the chapel, it's like that where my beloved is there, right? The Eucharist, Jesus is there. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him. That's what a saint said. That's not my quote. But... I actually sometimes take 10 minutes, just put my head down and recollect myself so I'm even ready to look up. And I think about my day, usually it's only a minute or two. I ask God to forgive me for all of my sinful tendencies or whatever and try to acknowledge all the distractions. So if somebody in my youth group was asking me how to pray, I would tell them the best way to get into a conversation is to first acknowledge all the distractions that are gonna jump into my head if I try to start praying. So Lord, I'm peeved about this right now. I have homework that isn't done yet and that's distracting me and it's making it hard for me to pray. And then I find myself in the conversation and it goes on and on. The Holy Spirit starts to lead and relating back and forth. I love that. So that's how you are being fed. And so what I wanted to ask you real quickly, are there any projects that you're promoting? Well, actually yesterday I went on a walk like we were talking about and I was thinking about the Children's Hunger Project in Brevard. I would really like to partner with them and something that I want to do as a side project, especially as the team grows, is spotlight other, like put a bigger megaphone or a bigger spotlight onto other projects or entities or apostolates. So as I potentially grow, I also want to go and do some gimmicky stuff, like go to restaurants outside seating and match people's tips for their waiter and sit with them and do yeah. that with my camera, just to try to draw more people in not to like be a, a uh, person that gets more views, but to get more relationships. It's all about the individuals and they have to get drawn in somehow. But then use that platform to do interviews and tell the story, do a little short film about someone like the company that's like Children's Hunger Project. They feed kids at school that don't have food because their family's housing costs so much and there's not a lot left over. And they get fed at school, but on the weekend, they don't get the meals and their parents don't have food for them. And maybe if I can partner with them, I don't know what the partnership would look like. It would at least look like me spotlighting them and driving more traffic to them. Gotcha. They haven't hit all the schools yet. They're getting closer and closer. 
but I, I would like some advice from them as to how to put care packages together in even a better and more cost-efficient way, more healthy maybe. So again, I just go to Sam's Club and I put something together. Typical Aaron, not putting the spotlight on you, but how can I help you, help another business, help another Well, it's good business practice exactly. anyway, because exactly. any, any innovator or business person that tried to make money as a primary goal, like I just want to get my money and finish this project, they're going to probably cut corners and they're going to lessen the value they give. And they're not going to have empathy for the people they're serving. They're not going to really care about what they're giving. And they don't have to think about the return at all. Maybe they have to look at costs and what they can sell it for because they have to know if it'll work out. But all of the most successful people tend to be go-givers. You know. As we start to wind this down, let me just say this because A.A. Ron, we joke, his name is Aaron. When he introduced himself to me, he said he was Aaron squared because his wife is Aaron and he mentioned his family. So I first want to shout out to her before we close this colossal thank you to your wife for just the beautiful person that she is supporting you, loving you. You have three beautiful children. Listen, Aaron and he calls himself Aaron squared. They are amazing. When I met them, his wife was pregnant with their third, and then they had little Mateo. So we have, give them the names and the order now, the birth order. Okay, Maria was born September 18th at 9.12 p.m. Michael was born September 18th at 9.15 p.m. And we got pregnant right away. I had kids, they were twins, they were a month early. They were less than nine months after our wedding. So it looks a little scandalous, but no funny business. <laughs> and then Mateo, we were pregnant with him five months after that. Right, so that when I met you and then you had Mateo, yep. they had three children they're, under the age of... They're all under 20 months still. But when we when you had Mateo, they were under 14 14 months. months. 14 yeah. months. These guys are champs and they do it with a smile. And Can I just, I just I talk about my you. wife for a minute? Yeah, say a little plug for because her. Because God really he had me leave school and come back just to meet her. You know, and he was calling me to her and he's still calling me uh, to her. She's my vocation. That was so clear. Uh, the whole journey was designed. And gosh, we don't know how good God is. He invented romance and laughter and games and fun. Like, we, I don't think we look at God with those different creative fun. He's got inside jokes when you pray and talk to God a lot. He'll laugh at you. He'll let you laugh at him. He'll do something amazing for you and then withdraw so you can't thank him just like Jesus did, that happens. It's kind of hard to explain, but... So my wife, my mom said she doesn't think I could have done better. And I didn't know what she meant by that, right? She's saying I couldn't have done better. Does that mean that... But she's... I couldn't, I couldn't have looked for 20 years and found someone that was a better fit, that's more gracious, more forgiving, more capable. She was the class body president. She was the campus ministry president. She spoke at our graduation. She didn't write the speech, but who cares? <laughs> Um, I love my wife so much and she's like the most beautiful and yet like fun. She's dyslexic so she says cute little things, she says things backwards a little bit sometimes but it's adorable. Everybody loves it. And I could, uh, stories are coming to my head but you just get the picture, I'm a guy who's in love. And you see it all over his face and so and shout out to you Aaron. you see it three kids in less than 20 kids. months. I know. You, you guys can't have three kids if you're not in love. I love it. So it's been a lot of fun. And we're winding it down. And I, I promise you this, and I want to make sure that we do this. Mm -hmm. Please tell, I know that you want to be reached out to. So mm -hmm. please give us all the ways that, and I'm going to put this in my, my show notes, but all the ways that people can reach you. Aaron at impact-resources.org. So spell all that, please. It's not recourses, it's resources. I-M-P-A-C-T dash, like the little line, like the horizontal line dash, like a hy hyphen. Resources, R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S dot org, not dot com, dot And it's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. That's right. At yes. Impact Dash And resources. then uh, my Facebook page and Instagram will be launched at Impact Resources. Don't know. I don't think there's a dash there. Twitter is Impact Resources, but the username is Impact Brevard because they limit your characters. So okay. Impact Brevard. Is that one Brevard word? County. Yep. One okay. Word. Gotcha. And are you on Instagram? I am, but I've not really ever used it. So I'm really relying on my wife's Blessed is the Mama brand to get that going because wow. she has a lot of followers. She just posts really great videos of the kids. Can you inspiring. spell Blessed is the Mama? How is Mama spelled? M-O-M-M-A. Oh, that's how I spell it. I love so, it. 
I'm just hoping it. she gives me a boost and then we launch off from there. I get to 100 Yes, Aaron, people. the wife. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, so now we're at the end. Okay. 168 don't wait. I know you listen, so I know that you know that there are 168 yep. hours in a week. Mm -hmm. I know that you're capitalizing on all of your hours, but now we need you to challenge the listeners. Easy so go. peasy. Go to Walmart or go into your pantry, put together some snack bars, water bottle, take a gallon Ziploc bag, or if you have an extra mini lunchbox or backpack and you want to put a towel or a blanket or a razor or a first aid kit, whatever you feel God is calling you to do, I've had incredible miracles happen. Save people from suicide, bringing them impact kits that were on the verge. I actually gave someone a, I call it an impact kit care package. Said you have to give this out because you're thinking so much about the depths of despair that you're in. You need to go help someone else. And you can't just take the easy route. You have to go talk to that person and listen. So go out, go to Walmart, go to your pantry, put together a care package, put it in your car, and next time you see someone with a sign, God's calling you to, roll the window down, say, can I give you this? Or whatever you're comfortable with. Where are you from? And then, uh, you know, make them as you give them. I love it. So make impact. Kids. Yeah. And impact that might not kids. be a project for everyone. Be safe. You know, not everyone is supposed to get out, park, and go uh, talking to people on the street. That's good advice. And yeah. you know what? That's and We talked about vulnerability earlier, but I think that you have to do really, again, capitalizing on your strengths. But if Amen. that's part of your strength, then get out there and, yes. and get going on. And if you're not handing out the impact kits, you can make them. On my way here, my daughter, uh, you know, episode six, Pillows for Pals. She had some pillows, they were in the car, and I saw a homeless guy, and I said, I, I, heard, I heard God say to stop, give him mm -hmm. that pillow. That was in the back seat that my daughter was using, waiting to give it. So I called her and I said, you're not gonna believe this. Uh, please pray for my buddy over on the corner here leading to Aaron's place. Uh, his name is Jacob and he's mm -hmm. homeless and he needs our prayers and he has a pillow from Pillars for Pals. So make it an impact one little person at a time. So Aaron, I wanna tell you, thank you very much. Oh my gosh, thank you to your wife. Thank you to your three adorable kids. Before I close, before we say goodbye, I wanted to share something that you shared and I thought that it summed you up well. You wrote, worship is a sort of church word that can be a turnoff to some of us folks. Every civilization that has worshiped something or another, be it God or war or power or lust, etc. What worship is though, is giving worth, W-O-R-T-H, worthship or worship. It's a similar root. We give worth to something with our attention and love by showing that it holds value to us. And apart from the vine, we can do nothing. From oh John gosh. chapter 15, how, find that? verse 5. You're I'm amazing. That was like, like that. really long time ago. I was in high school. I it was a while ago. That. And I thought, I, this is Aaron. I, I got to say one more thing about worship, if it's okay. Absolutely. Close so, this out. So um, uh, where our treasure is, there will our heart also be. If, if we're wondering, where's God in the the hierarchy of our life. Is he on the throne of my heart? The way that I talk about that same idea now is what if we're willing to go through obstacles, fight through barriers, smash through walls to get to something, that's really what we worship. That's where our heart is. If I have to see the game, if the TV's not working, all right, I'm going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I have to see the game. I'm going to make it happen. Do we have that same gusto to get to the Eucharist? So I think that's a very practical way of, of looking at ourselves and identifying where we really have our heart. But right, and what does Eucharist mean? It means Thanksgiving. It does mean Thanksgiving. And I want to thank you for being on Whatsoever 168. What a perfect way to end because basically you, you want to be a part of being the bread of life. You want to be a part of that body of Christ that's going out and feeding. And not just feeding necessarily, literally, but feeding spiritually too. And I know that you're doing that with impact. I know that it's, you've had this in your, your whole being for, like you said, the past 10 years when we spoke. But it's finally coming to fruition in the way that right now you see that God has you bringing it. And I just want to thank you for coming out today and sharing with all of our guests. I cannot wait to edit this and upload this. The plan is to upload this for your Mozzarella Monday. Ah. And so then we'll get All some right. pictures up there of Aaron. Yeah, and yeah. I just thank you so much for coming out, Aaron. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Any for, final words? Thanks for being here, too. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. Okay. He's a mess. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a great day and God bless. 
He is a mess. And if your brain isn't overflowing with ways that you want to make your own impact now, I don't even know how to help you. A huge thank you to Aaron Myler, this warrior for God, and his amazing wife for sharing his journey and all the ways he's accompanying and wants to accompany others to live the Matthew 25 gospel. You can be sure to reach out to Aaron on the web at Aaron at impact-resources.org or on Facebook at Impact Resources or on Twitter at Impact Brevard and on his wife's Instagram at Blessed is the Mama, M-O-M-M-A, for that one. You can even see yours truly on a YouTube video with him that recently will be released. What a huge partnership God has created with me and Aaron, and I'm so enjoying this journey that he has us on. So yes, reach out to Aaron. He's definitely wanting to help you help others, and he looks forward to collaborating with new people all the time. So hit him up. And if you live in the Central Florida area, be on the lookout for Aaron and his Mozzarella Mondays and all of his posts about that too. In fact, his post should be uploaded today. Leave a comment to let me know what you think of this episode. Subscribe to my podcast and be on the lookout for my new fancy schmancy whatsoever 168 podcast t-shirts and how you can win the very first one. Woohoo! As always, thank you so much for listening, for all of your feedback, and for your support. It means so much to me, guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. With 20 episodes already and folks listening from around the globe, it has been an amazing year so far, and I look forward to seeing where God is leading me on my little journey. Be sure to get on Aaron's 168 Don't Wait Challenge with your own impact kits, and remember, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So be 